it's never too late, you know, unless you're dead. Once, once you're dead, it's too late. But, you know, so from my perspective, what you got to do is make sure that before you get there, get out there and do what it is that you're passionate about. Because if you're, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not actually doing what you're passionate about, then why are you doing it? Welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast with Stanley Ariento where we talk about artist journey and how photography have given them hope, purpose, and happiness. And today we have someone from down under, Grant Swinsborn. Is that, did I pronounce your last name correct there, Grant? Oh, no, Swinsborn, yeah. Swinsborn, there you are. Um, how are you, man? It's good to have you here. I'm so glad. Um, you know, I know we connected through Twitter, Twitter space, and um, you know, so eventually through the NFT world, but it's good to, be, to have you here. And... Uh, to be able to talk about your your artist journey and um, you know being able to share that with the rest of the world. Yeah, thanks for having me, Stanley. It's uh, great to sort of connect, if not in person, you know, virtually. But uh, no, it's uh, it's really good and um, really excited to uh, share a bit more about me. Yeah, it's always good, isn't it, to be able to see that person. Um, I think that's why um, that's why we like Twitter, uh, and a lot of us kind of move from Instagram to Twitter because we have that ability to start listening to people's voice and have a deeper connection. But, you know, being a, there's no substitute to being able to see them in person or, you know, even through Zoom, it's already helps a lot. So really, it's one of the things that I love about this podcast. Absolutely. All right. So, um, you know, you are living in Sydney, Australia, and, um, you know, I've seen a lot of your work and um, a lot of your work are really... Um, have uh, really uh, what do you cater to a lot of the, the the seascape and you know all all the things around the Australian coast. So tell me, is that one of your biggest passion in photography, or do you like to take uh, a lot of other genre as well? It's just you know the fact that you're living on the coast in Australia. Yeah, I guess you know Australia. I mean, it's it's got um, a, a massive coastline, and you know to be honest, I. I mean, I've been to been to a few places around the world, luckily enough. But uh, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, in in certain places around Australia, you know, we're we're very lucky to have the kind of coastline that we do. There's a lot of beaches that, uh, you know, uh, you you can go to some beaches along the coast and not see another person. Um, you know, that's not the case in Sydney, of course. It's uh, it's pretty crowded, uh, particularly in summer. But um, for me, I guess I've always, um, you know. I, I mean, I was born a, uh, a a couple of streets away from uh, a beach on Botany Bay in Sydney, uh, and so the beach and you know being around the sea and around the uh, the estuaries around Sydney has been part of my life ever since I was born, and I guess I'm always drawn to it. I've always loved swimming. I've always loved you know uh, that sort of feeling of relaxation that you get you know when you've gone. To the beach and you know whether you've sat there and watched the sunrise or whether you've you know gone for a swim or you've gone fishing or you've gone diving or whatever you know that it, it's a good feeling you know and i guess for me that's one of the things that i try to portray in some of my photography is that feeling of what it's like to have that relaxation even though you know you might be in a in quite a crowded you know cities and you know very busy lifestyle and whatever there's always these places that you can go to seek a bit of refuge and seek some you know relaxation and so for me that's that's i guess one of the things that i'm trying to communicate with 
you know, quite a lot of my um, photography. That said, you know, I'm just as at home, you know, chasing waterfalls or, you know, out in out in a, a bush scene looking for, you know, mountains and, and whatever. Um, recently did a trip to the UK and uh, did, you know, quite a lot of photography around um, the Lake District and North Wales, you know, nowhere near the coast and very much about the, the mountains and so forth. So for me, they're, they're, they're landscapes that I'm, you know, equally comfortable in and, you know, really, really happy of, about being in those places. And, you know, again, it's about the conveying the feeling of being there. That, that's really what I'm trying to portray. Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about, you know, photography. I think that's one of why the reason why I love photography the most is that you could be in a crowded place, but like when you really tune in with your photography, it's like you're in the bubble and everything's yep. redundant, right? That's like Absolutely. such a cool feeling. And uh, when you say that, I, I was like, yeah, I know exactly. Like even if you're like in Bondi Beach, like you could just like sit there, have your camera and then like everything else doesn't just like nothing else matters. So that's really that's cool. That's exactly it. Yeah. So like, what was your, you know, I, I love hearing that, you know, like um, how um, kind of your connection with photography, right? And your hometown yep. life and, you know, how the beach and the coastline really affected you a lot. Um, how, how did you first fall in love with photography? Like, you know, were you always like um, holding a camera or was there a point in your life where you, um, you just fell in love with them? Yeah, I, I guess it's always been a part of my life. I mean, my father uh we he he was quite a keen photographer um never re, you know he never really did anything that you know anyone i guess would call particularly artistic in terms of you know he never tried to make photography a career or anything like that you know or the the art of photography that said you know he was always you know taking photos on family holidays or or, or whatever you know this is before i was even born um, and I remember uh, he, he did a lot of stuff that he did uh, from his time in the Navy uh, in the 1950s and 60s. Um, and I used to love, you know, sitting there with, uh, you know, him on slide nights, you know, so this, he, he'd obviously be taking photos that ended up being transparencies of slides and, you know, loading them into a, uh, a feeder and then sitting there slotting them through the... Um, the, the old uh, slide projector, you know, just up on the uh, on the wall in the lounge room, and you know, sitting there watching, you know, some of his life portrayed, I guess, in, in that, and you know, as a as a very young child, I guess that sort of struck me as something that was really cool and interesting to do. Um, <coughs> I got my, um, sorry about that. <coughs> I got my first camera when I was probably about ten, um, and that was a little one ten millimeter uh you know happy snapper um film camera um uh what was it an ag for instamatic i think it was um and so from there you know obviously growing up in the film days there was, there was nothing else there was no such thing as digital photography in those days um it was really a matter of you know just taking photos of things that i thought were interesting at the time um, you know, whether that was down at the beach or, you know, just the, the back stairs in the grandmother's house, for example, you know, um, or, the, or the family cat, you know, it, it really didn't really didn't really matter to me much at, at that time what I took photos of. It was just, okay, well, that looks interesting. I'll take a photo of it, you know. And some of them were, you know, abysmally awful technically because, you know, the, the, the camera itself wasn't much chop. The, you know, subject matter, I had no idea about composition and all those sorts of things. Anyway, fast forward, I guess, until I'd grown up a little bit and, uh, you know, somewhere, when was it, about 
the mid 80s, mid 1980s, I bought my first SLR, which was a, a Minolta XG1. Um, and I started to get a little bit more serious about it uh, and, you know, started to look at, you know, how to how to create a composition and how to how to you know develop my own film and that sort of thing um you know going to high school and you know there was um you know uh in art we'd uh you know be messing around mostly with black and white because you know color was expensive you know color enlarges i don't think we had one at the school um you know they, they weren't uh they, they were few and far between and very expensive pieces of kit back in the uh back in the 70s and 80s when I went to school. Um, and so, you know, that sort of just drove a little bit more of that creative juices um, for, for photography. Um, funnily enough, though, when I left school and uh, had sort of started to go out to work and whatever, work and career started to take over. Uh, then, you know, getting married, having kids, that took even more time, you know, and I sort of started to give up some of those passions a little bit uh, to concentrate on those things more, you know, more fully. Um, and again, I guess later in in life, once the kids started to get to a, an age where they were a little bit more self-sufficient, um, I went out and got a, uh, a digital photography and started to get to a point. You know, I had a few uh, point and shoots, um, which, you know, I did okay with, but, you know, it still wasn't satisfying me. So I ended up buying a, uh, uh, a Canon DSLR. I think it was the, um, the 500D originally. Uh, and so, yeah, it just started to get a little bit more serious. And, um, you know, one of the things that had always fascinated me uh, from some of my father's photography, but also, you know, some of the stuff that I've done at school was long exposure and how that gives you a, a different look and feel to, you know, the image rather than uh, something that, um, you know, it's just a, a point at and, and shoot and get that instant moment. It was about, okay, taking the time. And so I really started to develop that and, you know, seascaping really lends itself to that sort of, uh, you know, genre of photography. It's, it's really nice to see that flow or that totally smooth water as opposed to, you know, not saying that there's anything wrong with the frozen moment of the, uh, of the water, but for me, aesthetically, I just, I just find it really pleasing to, to see that, you know, smoothing out of the movement of the water, et cetera. And, uh, you know, that, that's, I guess, what drew me back into that. And uh, so I, I, I do a lot of it because I enjoy it. I also enjoy getting up early in the morning. Well, not very early in the morning, but, uh, you know, I don't mind it. Uh, and enjoy seeing and being somewhere that not many people are seeing, you know. I mean, even though Sydney's got, you know, uh, five or six million people in it, um, I can go to the beach and see something that only a few hundred people might see, you know, if, if that. <laughs> Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, um, just because people um gone there, they don't necessarily see everything. And you know, as a photographer, we tend to observe more because we want to look for something deeper, something that has connection with us. So you, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, this is the funny thing. I went um to my hometown and I lived there for um probably like twelve years in my life, right? And I'm driving. We were driving in this road that. I always drive like every single day, like you cannot not drive to that, you know, <laughs> and just last month when I was back, I was like driving, it's like, wow, I didn't know there was a mountain, you know, like right in front yeah. of me. And you know, those kind of things you don't notice um, until I started to do photography and start to observe uh, the landscape and everything around me um, a little bit more and deeper. 
So it's, it's yeah. just crazy how much you take for granted. Um, but oh, yeah, I love hearing your story, you know, like just how you got into photography and it's, it's sounded like it's been a long journey. How, how long have you been taking photography in general? Like, do you, um, do you have a, a number for it? Yeah, not not really. I, I don't really count the uh, you know the the ten year old photos in that though. You know, I guess some some people might, um, you know, and and not because I'm ashamed of them or anything because they were so bad. But they, I mean, they were they were truly awful. You know, <laughs> I look at them now and I go, you know, what was I thinking? You know. <laughs> yeah, no. But, I, I, um, we all have that kind of photos. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess probably since 1984, taking it a little oh. bit more seriously. But that said, you know, having that hiatus with uh, the you know the the career and whatever that I, I I had, you know, I got very absorbed in that and you know loved doing it. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have swapped it. It's enabled me to you know financially you know secure my family and all that sort of thing. So you know, there's 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 a lot of good came out of concentrating on that and not on photography. Now, could I've kept you know, focusing on that a little bit more, well, maybe, but you know, other things got in the way, and I it just it, it just got left behind, and it was an interest, but it was not something that I, you know, felt passionate enough about at the time to to really get into it. And so, I guess, in all seriousness, probably about two thousand and four was where I started to um, get a little bit more, uh, you know, with, with digital, um, get get more. Um, I guess passionate about bringing it to the fore, and now you know uh, at, at the end of my career in in terms of working, I've I've basically um, uh, finished work uh, or work. Sorry, I finished working for somebody else in, in November last year, um, and so I decided at that point, um, you know, financially we were uh, fairly secure, we're we're comfortable, we can you know you know survive without needing necessarily to make a lot of money. Uh, and so I thought, okay, well, I'm going to make uh, photography the, the forefront and work for myself. And so I started, you know, doing workshops and started, uh, you know, selling prints as you, as you do, uh, you know, probably over the last couple of years, I've, I've started to, you know, try to build that brand a little bit. And, um, you know, part of that's also, um, you know, uh, last year uh, with the lockdowns that we had here, I couldn't uh, travel more than five kilometres outside my local area uh, for a period of about, what was it, 165 days, I think, um, which basically was driving me nuts because there's no beaches within five kilometres of where I live. Uh, and so, and, you know, I live in suburban Sydney, there's lots of houses, telegraph poles, and I know people take photos of that, but it doesn't drive my passion. It just doesn't make me, you know, really want to get out there and take those sorts of shots. You know, there's no real parks. There's one with a little brown creek that doesn't look very attractive. You know, there's usually shopping trolleys and those sorts of things lying around the, the banks of that. Um, you know, so there wasn't a lot to photograph, uh, or I didn't feel there was, you know. And so what I did was I decided uh, to start a podcast, you know, similar, similar to yours, you know, talking to photographers about, you know, what drives them and what makes them passionate. So, you know, Landscape Photography World was born uh, almost exactly a year ago. I think it was the 21st of July. So only a few weeks away from where we're recording this to, uh, um, you know, to, to start building that uh, as as a means of starting to build the rest of the photography brand as well, you know, so that people, 
you know, know who you are, you, you, you start to get your name associated with other photographers, etc. Um, and, you know, get known in the photographic industry as well, I think, you know, so part of that's really just about trying to trying to help build that brand and get, um, get my name out there and, and, and also help promote others. Because to me, you know, that act of helping others helps me, you know, um, aside from making, you know, uh, my name get out there more, you know, helping others get their name out there and get their photography seen. Um, as we were talking before we, we started, you know, one of, the, one of the biggest issues for any photographer is that ability to get seen. And if you're not being seen, then, you know, sales are going to be much harder, you know, whether they're NFTs or prints or workshops, you know. And so it is really about that hustle of getting your, your brand out there and people knowing about you and knowing about what, you, what you're doing. So helping others do that. You know, it, yes, it helps me, but it also helps them. And so for me, it's it's a really important you know thing to do. And uh, you know, it's why I've got involved in a, in a number of other projects that I've done as well. Yeah, fantastic, man. Um, you know, I, uh, I was going to bring on the, the podcast because um, I know you're doing a podcast as well, and I'd like to know a little bit more about it. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I think what you mentioned there is really powerful, you know, like um, you always, when you give something out to other people, it will come back. And, you know, one of the biggest thing that um, the reason why I started this podcast was just like, I have a burnout, you know, back in 2020, I think. So I just want to yeah. hear people's journey and understand, like, do they go through this thing? You know, what, what did they do to get out of it and all this stuff, right? So Apart from, you know, like what you say, of course, you get the benefit of getting associated with the photographers, you know, getting that exposure. But the cool thing about this is like you get to listen about other people's journey and the people's struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really helps you that you realize that you're not alone. So for listeners who feel like, you know, they haven't got to where they are, you know, they want it to be um, that, you know, everyone have their own journey that you got to um, trust your own journey and follow through with your own journey. Because if we all have the same journey, then. We're no different than a computer or other robots. Totally. Yeah. You know, being manufactured. We are not manufactured. We're human. We're unique. So I think that's that is so powerful that you share that. Thanks for sharing that. Now I know that you. Um, I, th I think that's really cool that um, you know you 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 put. Um, you know, looking at your journey, it's been a really really long journey to to fall into. You know, finally. Um, more into a full time based on photography and trying to get that brand up there and. I'm, I'm interested to hear this, right? Because I know there's going to be a lot of people out there who say, you know what, um, it's, I'm, I'm getting too old and, um, you know, um, and I'm at the end of my, um, my, um, my life and I'm retired. I don't think I can restart, um, you know, this passion of, um, of mine and stuff like that. But you decided to, to let, um, you know, the, the photography kind of just brew in its own and, you know, create its own momentum. And I think that's really cool. But you never, ever give up on it. You just keep going, keep going. And no, absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, you get to like do it, uh, do what you love the most um, once everything's secure. So what would you uh, what would you say to, to those people who feel like it's it's too late or, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not good with technology and all these things that come to their head that I know it's not true because I know a lot of people, um, you know, pick it up very quickly. And um, I, I teach workshop and uh, courses as well. It's not that hard to learn. Right. If they wanted to. Um, yeah. But what would you say to, to people who have that kind of mentality so that they can, you know, if they love photography, they can pursue that themselves without having that doubts. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, making it a career is not necessarily for everyone and not everyone should do it. You know, and I'm not trying to put people off doing it because it, it it's a tough business to get into. It's very crowded. There's a hell of a lot of people out there, you know, and so, some will be better than you, some will be worse than you, you know, photographically, you know. And I think the key is to look at what it means to you as a photographer. If it means that you're able to, you know, uh, create art and that's your primary driver, then pursue that and push that as hard as you can. If it's more about making money, then, you know, you need to do different things necessarily than just focus. You know, you've got to do the artistic piece as well, but then there's other things that you need to, you know, sit down and think hard about, you know, how do I, how do I sustain and how do I diversify my um, income streams so that when people aren't buying prints or aren't, you know, attending workshops or whatever, that, you know, you've got other passive income streams coming in. You know? So it's it's really then you've got to actually have a bit of a business head on your shoulders to actually say, okay, well, these are the things that I need to do to actually make money out of <coughs> Pardon me. Um, one, of the, one of the hardest bits, I guess, in doing that is that, need to be all things in that business you know you need to be um not only the artist but you know first and foremost you've got to be the marketer you know so that you've you've basically got to be able to write some copy and you've got to you know put together some kind of advertising you know whatever that whatever that looks like you know um these days if you want to be on instagram you better be good at video editing you know <laughs> um you know it, it and tech Technology, you know, is there to help you. And there are things that do make things like video editing and, you know, so forth a lot easier and even putting together your marketing uh, pieces. You know, there are things that can actually help you. So getting into that mindset of researching the tools that you need, building the skill sets that you need so that you've actually got a, a set of skills that works. In terms of it being too late, it's never too late, you know, unless you're dead, you know. Once, once you're dead, it's too late. But, you know, so from my perspective, what you got to do is make sure that before you get there, you know, get out there and do what it is that you're passionate about. Because if, you, if you're not, um, you know, if you're not actually, you know, doing what you're passionate about, then why are you doing it? And I guess, you know, for me, could I have done it earlier? Yes, probably. Would I have had the, the, um, the, the brain space and the, the skill set that I needed? Well, no, because I've built that up over time, you know, and it's really about getting to the right time when you can actually do it. Now, should I have, you know, held on to some of that photographic passion during my other career? Well, then maybe for me, that would have been at the detriment to other elements in the career. And so therefore, you know, you know I, I'm not sure that it would have worked for me to do it much earlier than I have. Um, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard to say, and it's going to be an individual choice and an individual thing for everyone. And it's something that you've got to be really comfortable with and something that you've got to make sure that you're passionate enough about to be able to see it through and have the energy that it takes to actually drive, you know, those marketing elements and, you know, the, 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 the business elements on top of the actual, you know, passionate pursuit of, you know, creating nice art, you know, that that in itself can be all consuming for some people and they don't have any space for anything else, you know, and, you know, for some people, you know, offloading some of those other things like the marketing and so forth to other people.
pardon me, other people can help, um, but then that costs you money. So, you know, unless you've got a family member that's willing to do it for you, you know. So it's it's really it's really hard to sort of give anyone advice without knowing their individual circumstance. But you know, from my perspective, it's really about making sure that you're you've got the passion, you've got the desire to do it, and you feel that you've got the skill set. If you don't feel that way, then you're probably not ready. You know, it, it's that that's that's the, the the key thing. But the sooner you drive to get those skills and get the, the the elements lined up that you need to line up, you just need to think about it from a planning perspective and say, okay, I need if I'm going to do this, these are the things that I need. You know, I need to know how to do marketing. I need to know how to do my own accounts. I need to know how to do the administrative side of things you know if you if you're going to make it a business you know if you're not going to make it a business then it's it, it's then more about okay well how am i going to you know create good art and that's really okay well once you've got the technical aspects of photography down pat that's where the learning really starts because the technical aspects are you know to me probably about you know 10 to 15 percent of learning photography the real skill comes when you start to look at composition uh, quality of light and how that reacts to the landscape, you know, in, in talking about landscape photography, you know, um, which is probably my main passion, but also, you know, that equally that can work in, uh, you know, um, uh, portraits or, you know, street photography, you know, uh, portrait at least, I guess, if you're in a studio situation, you can control the light. So very, very different. You know? But if you're in the street, you know, that play of light and shadow is, you know, a key part of making your art look good, but also a key part of giving it a feeling and telling a story. And, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of art really needs to tell that story to become, to transcend from just being a nice picture to being something that, you know, people feel and get a reaction from, you know, because if it's, if it's a nice picture, that's great. You know, yes, you can hang that on your wall, but, you know, most people are only going to do that if they're feeling a connection with that image. And they're only going to do that if that image has some kind of, you know, uh, I, I guess powerful elements in it that make you go, yeah, I feel something out of this, you know, whether it's happiness, sadness or anger, you know. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow, that's a whole lot of advice there. So, um, you know, even though you said that it's hard to, to give advice, I think that's a really good advice to give is to start with a passion. Um, I remember when I had that um, that um, burnout, that was the biggest thing was that I forgot why I started to begin, um, you know, why I started in the first place, right? Um, so, man, like, I, I, I truly agree with that. And, you know, like, you, you, I think you're right. You know, um, a lot of people think, um, you know, I started when I was 30. And nowadays, there's a lot of photographers who's like 14 and you know, 13 and 19. And it's going to be a different story. It's going to be a different passion. It's going to be a different thing. So, you know, don't try to, um, I love how you say, you know, like everyone's is different. Everyone have their own story, have their own journey. I think that's absolutely, um, absolutely true. And um, being able to understand like, um, you know, the, the lights and composition, I think that is the, the two biggest thing that you could learn from photography, because um, like you say, even in a studio where you can control the light, you can't control anything that, you don't understand. So the first thing exactly right. <laughs> yeah. and, and to me, you know, the, whether you whether you look at that as another technical aspect in a, in a studio situation, or whether you you know whether you see that as something creative, you know, it doesn't matter to me. But the, the, you're quite right. If you don't understand it, you can't control it, and you can't then 
you know, uh, work it so that you're actually getting the result that you're looking for. And, you know, so, so, some of my work is, you know, part luck, you know, because you happen to be in the right place at the right time. You know, I, there, there's many times I go out for a sunrise shoot uh, at a beach, for example, and, you know, it's just cloud on the horizon, um, you know, and or, you know, just a solid overcast, you know, the, despite the fact that I've looked at a forecast that says, yes, the, you know, the, there could be, you know, 80% high cloud and no, no low cloud, you know, you get there and it's just low cloud and it's just, you know, what am I doing here? But then sometimes that's where you go out and you find something different to shoot. You know, you and you don't, the, the key is don't waste the time that you've taken. If you've taken the time to go out with your camera, then, you know, you know, for, for me, that, that's one of the key things is that you can then learn, okay, let, let's say you're at a beach and, you know, it's, it's a really crappy looking sunrise that you're not going to get that banger that you were hoping for. Well, don't get discouraged because you can then take shots of the, uh, the wave flow maybe and get something out of that. You could look at details in the rocks, you can do more intimate abstracts. You know, there, there's a whole raft of different things that you can do with that time. And it's a really around that thought process of saying, okay, well, okay, I'm going to cut off the, the disappointment that I, I feel from, you know, the, the fact that the sunrise didn't happen the way I, I hoped it would and focus on, you know, other things that you can do creatively. And, you know, it's taking that creative mindset out into the field with you and then bringing that home into the post-production side of things as well that, you know, really, I think, transcends you from just being a, a photographer to being a really good photographer to potentially a great photographer. And you see the great photographers, they're taking every opportunity that they've got. You know, if, if the conditions, you know, particularly in landscape, if the conditions don't work for you, do something different and change change your focus from oh well, you know bad luck the sunrise didn't work for me you know i'm now going to try something a, a little bit you know alternative to, to to that sunrise and you know it, it's really about keeping that open mind and I, I guess learning to live with the disappointments that are going to come because you know I've, I've had some total failures of shoots where i go out and nothing you know i've forgotten that i you know the last shoot that i'd done you know, it might have been an astro shoot somewhere, right? And I've left the, the lens on manual focus and I've got it set up in bold mode. And, you know, so I get there set up and I haven't changed it from bold mode and I haven't changed the order. And the first couple of shots is like, oh, that's a mess, you know? <laughs> what am I doing, you know? And it's about, you know, clicking it, you know, because so that, that might have been a week or so ago, you know, and you've just forgotten that that's, that's how you left your camera, you know? And so, you know, it's about clicking into gear and getting your head around that and getting focused again on, you know, what it is that you're shooting and, and changing your, your your mindset from, you know, whatever whatever you were planning to shoot to, to, to what it is that you, you're going to do now. Yeah, no, that's, that's I think um, that happens to the best of us. I know it still happened with me all the time, but I think it's just, you know, if you understand it, then you know how to, how to fix it, right? So that's it. such a good advice there, Grant. And, um, you know, I'd, um, I want to talk about um, a community, you know, we, we've been seeing that um, <clears throat> in this industry, in photography, actually in any industry, um, you know, especially nowadays, it's no longer about, um, you know, branding and, you know, having people just worship the brand, but now it's about what you can give out to the community. And when you... Um, what I want to hear and learn from you and, um, you know, like um, you already mentioned how you build a community. Uh, one of the things that you do to build a community is through podcasts. Uh, but there's a lot of, um, I, I know that you're doing a lot of different projects to build that community. So what I want to learn, um, what I want you to share with the audience so that they can learn from you is that 
um, what are the different ways for you to build a community and how important it is to build the community? Yeah, sure. I think in terms of community, there's, there's a number of different things there that you, you've got to look at. You know, there's, there's the community, I guess, that you get with social media and your following and so forth and interacting with your followers, whether they're fellow photographers or whether they're, you know, um, just people that like your photography or whatever, you know, um, interacting. So when somebody makes a comment, I make a point, you know, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or whatever, I thank them. You know, I, I'm thanking them for the comment. You know, even even if it, even if it's oh, you probably should have composed that differently. You know, I, the, the, I I accept that criticism because you know, in some people's eyes, what I've done isn't perfect, and that's okay. You know, and it's it's learning to be open to listening to to, to other opinions and people that, that that's really important. Um, you know, particularly when you know they're you know, part of your audience and, you know, fellow photographers are part of your audience as well, because that's how people learn. You know, certainly it's how I've learned is looking at what other people are doing and, you know, in some cases copying it, you know, and or trying to replicate it, you know, um, to me, there's absolutely nothing wrong in that. Yes. Okay. Everyone wants to create something unique or would like to create something unique, but you know, if you're going to shoot the Sydney opera house, how many unique angles are there for it? Not many, you know, there's probably a few hundred, you know, that, that you could, places that you could stand to get a different angle of it. Um, and, you know, the different lighting that you're going to get is going to depend on the time of day. So, you know, the, the point is, is that copying is a way of learning. And so, you know, looking at what other people are doing um, helps you and you have to recognise that other people are going to copy you if you know you get any kind of notoriety out in the in the industry you know people are going to look at your work and go oh, i'd like to replicate that how did he do that you know and that's that's how you how you learn it it's also one of the reasons why when i post a lot of the time i will include my camera settings so i'll put the xf up there i'll tell you what camera and lens i'm using you know um, i'll tell you whether it's an exposure blend or whether it's a you know single image i'll tell you you know pretty much anything you want and if anybody asks and some people do not not many people do but you know some people ask you know how did, how did you do that and i'll tell you if it's a composite you know there, there's no hiding as far as i'm concerned and trying to say you know oh this amazing image of you know a lighthouse on a point you know at night with you know the milky way behind it you know there's absolutely no way that you, if you've got the lighthouse in front of you and the light's shining, right, that you can actually see the Milky Way, let alone take a photo of it. Yeah, you might see a few stars, but you're not going to get that Milky Way, you know, milk that you're going to see. You're going to have to make a composite of it to, to, to actually make that work, unless you've got some amazing gear, you know, <laughs> that does something that I don't know about. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's really about you know, that, that learning side of things is, is a big part of community. Beyond that, I guess, the, in terms of building communities, I, I see that as really important and helping people promote their own work, you know, certainly has helped me both promote my work, but also it's helped me understand other people and get to know other people that I wouldn't have ordinarily come into contact with. You know, yes, you can sit there passively on social media, for example, and just look and like and whatever, and never never engage with people to me you know the word social in social media is really the main point of it you know so if you're not interacting with it in that way you're not talking to people you're not asking people questions you're not commenting and saying yeah well i, I like this but or, or i don't like that you know um the, 
what's the point of being on social media, you know, if, if you're not engaging in that way. So to me, building that community in that way is important. And I guess this really came to the fore uh, probably about um, August, yeah, July, August last year. Um, I started to get into NFTs in a little way, uh, you know, minted a few uh, items and so forth. Um, and was trying to work out how that uh, traction, I guess, that, you know, needed to happen could happen for, you know, for me personally, because yes, I'd like to sell some NFTs and, you know, make some money out of it because that was, you know, one of the things that a lot of people got into. But then recognised that, you know, to do that, you're going to actually have to communicate. And you, you see comments from collectors of, of NFTs you know, saying that one of the key things for them, aside from the feeling they get from the art itself, is the conversations that they have with the artists. And so getting that conversation going and getting people involved in that conversation is really, really important. And so I guess one of the things that I, I, I did a little bit of thinking, I saw some of the traction that uh, some of the New Zealand photographers were getting in that NFT space because they kind of, uh, the, the thing is they already had a community where a lot of them knew one another, a lot of them had shot together and so forth because they they are a smaller community than, you know, some other countries in the world. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm saying that because it, it's just the fact they're a smaller, they're a smaller country, smaller community. It's easier for them to get together physically in a lot of ways, you know, than it is, it might be. I, it, it's really difficult for me to go and shoot with a guy in Perth because it's a six hour flight away, you know. Um, whereas someone in Sydney, I can ring up and we'll, we, we can connect and, and, and go and shoot, you know, which is great. But, you know, if you want that whole Australian experience, then, you know, it's not all about Sydney or Brisbane or Melbourne. You know, it's, it's about the entire country. But I saw, saw these guys getting some traction because they were sort of supporting one another, mainly in, in Twitter, retweeting and, and so forth. And I had a bit of a think about it and thought, okay, well, one of the ways that we could do this is we could actually create a collective of Australian artists and, you know, get them together to start promoting each other's work. Um, beyond that, we also uh, saw the rise of things like on cyber, uh, where you have these virtual galleries, you know, 3D uh, galleries where, you know, either in VR or on just on a, on a 2D screen, you can actually move around a virtual gallery space looking at the art. Um, and so uh, I reached out to a number of people that I knew, but also some people that I didn't know, and asked if they'd be interested in submitting their work through uh, a gallery. And so we did the first gallery, which was, I think, uh, 44 pieces with 22 odd artists. We then grew that to being 110 pieces in a, in a much larger gallery with 68 artists. And so from that developed you know, through the, the chats, a bit of discord, um, you know, conversation, spaces and so forth, uh, we started to build, a, 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 I guess, a photographic community within Australia that, you know, was that self-supporting. And now we have, you know, a number of people joining, you know, group chats and so forth so that they can come into that fold and, you know, help promote one another's work, you know. So we, we talk to one another, you know, I guess it's, offline a little bit, you know, it's still online, but it's it's out of the public view um, about what we're going to do. And then we go and do it, you know, and in the public vein, it looks like there's this bunch of guys or guys and girls that, uh, you know, sort of work together to, uh, to try and um, promote one another's work. And so for me, um, A, it's really helped in um, 
not just promoting work, but it's it's helped in you know developing that community and that relationship with people. There's a connection there, and you know that you can go to that person. You know, I know that there's been uh, some you know technical issues that have come up with you know people's wallets, uh, you know, they're, they're, or on OpenSea or on Foundation and whatever, and people have been able to help within that community to actually resolve some of those issues or give advice about how to resolve them. Um, but there's also been uh, some collaborations that have come out of it. And there's also been some, you know, work opportunities for one another where people have, you know, gone out and helped on shoots or uh, have helped with web design or helped with, you know, building other projects. And so, you know, that community building, I think, is is something that's, it's really important to be part of the community because, you know, we're, we're, we're not individuals, you know, that are islands that are able to do everything ourselves. You know, some people are lucky and gifted that way, but not many of us. I'm certainly not. You know, and so by being able to lean on other people's skills and their their knowledge and their backgrounds, you can actually, you know, bring your knowledge forward and bring your skill set forward, and you can learn a lot. And to me, you know, it, it it's one of the things that I I think should be probably, you know a mantra for everybody is never stop learning, you know, because if you stop learning, then, you know, you're not going to progress, you know, progress only comes through learning. And so it's really about, you know, educating yourself and educating other people with things that you may know, or they may know that you don't, you know, and it, it's that sharing of information that really, I find the most valuable part out of it, let alone any sales or whatever, which might come out of it, you know, from a financial perspective, to me, the most enriching part is not the financial part, it's actually the, the, the learning. Wow, that is one whole lot of advice and wisdom there. Thanks a lot for sharing that, Gran. Um, I think, you know, like, when I first started, um, especially like this, um, there was a time where um, I wanted to do like fashion photography and stuff. And there was a lot of this um, notion where, um, you know, like we are competing against each other. And I think I'm really happy that, especially in this NFT world, um, you know, even though I know that there are a lot of jealousy, a lot of, you know, um, a lot of competition and all that stuff, which, you know, I don't think we can ever get away from it, right? We're only human, but we are, we're seeing a lot more community base where we help each other, support each other. And what's really cool is that I feel like, um, you know, that community translate, translate back to like, you know, the, the whole bigger community as well, um, you know, that's not only in, in the NFT. And I think it's really cool to be able to see people coming together, you know, um, without being scared or worried that, you know, their, their work is going to be um, competing against each other, but instead just have that peace of mind and have that um, supportive nature to help each other. So I know I was, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very honored to be part of the, 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 the um, Australian collective community. And, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome that you put everyone together um, to be part of that. And um, like you say, it's not only, um, you know, we're able to help each other with the exposure, but we create, we're making friends. We genuinely creating connection with other people. I mean, that's why I have you here and get you share all of your wisdom. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, this is, I think this is the really coolest thing about, about photography. It's not only the photography itself, but we are, um, you know, the, the connection that you make out of that. So thanks a lot for sharing that, um, Grant. Um, we're coming to the hour mark now, and one of the things that I always ask my, um, you know, my podcast um, guests is that if you have one advice that you can give to um, to the audience, whether it's a life advice, photography advice, or whatever it may be, uh, what would that advice be? 
I guess get started on what makes you, you know, happy as quick as you can. Do it as early as you can. So if you want to make a career out of photography, you know, make the decision. The key thing is making the decision. And once you've made the decision that that's what you're going to do, then build a plan for how you're going to do it. Because very rarely do people go out and just do things. You know, building a plan, I think, is, is absolutely vital. If you're going to try and make a living out of something, if you don't have a plan for it, and what you're going to do if something fails or something doesn't work the way that you'd like, you know, having that plan and having the backup plan, you know, plan B, plan C, you know, having that plan is, is absolutely vital. So for me, you know, just get started, make the decision to, you know, get into it or, you know, make the decision that it's just going to be a hobby. You know, if it's just going to be a hobby and you're happy with that, stick with that, you know. But, you know, make, make a decision about what it means to you as early as you can. And then, you know, don't forget that you can change your mind. And, you know, if decision A is the wrong one, this is where plan B and plan C come in, you know, you can always go with decision B, you know, and say, okay, well, it's not working as a business, so I'll keep it as a hobby. And I'll go and work and, you know, drive Ubers or whatever it is that you, you you need to do to, you know, make the money to survive and, you know, keep shelter over your head and feed your family or whatever, you know, that, that that's fine. Whatever it takes to do that, then, you know, it, it's really up to you to make your path and decide how you want to, how you want to fit this into your life. And if you want to make it all consuming and you want to make it your business and you want to make money out of it, then, you know, warning is you might not, but, you know, you won't if you don't try and if you don't start. So make that decision as early as you possibly can and then, you know, go and do everything you possibly can to make it happen. Because if you're not doing everything you possibly can to make it happen, it'll never happen. Wow, that is a great advice. I wish you you you, you come to my life a little bit earlier in uh, you know in in my life. Just I, that, I, I wish I'd made the decision earlier. You know? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think that's uh, it's really important to to be able to make that decision. You know, like um, I know that um, I started this journey because you, exactly what you say. I would rather you know fail and go back to um, you know try something else rather than not knowing right the what if what if it doesn't uh, you know what if I. I, what if it worked out? What if, you know, all this thing finally actually um, make, I can make things happen and actually do something that I'm really happy about. So I think it's really powerful that you, you, you mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that's really cool is, um, you know, it's never too late, right? Um, like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I love how you say you can always change your mind because that is absolutely true. Um, um, you know, I, I take this, um, seminar with Tony Robbins and he's like one of you know the the best in in mindset and um, life and all this stuff and one of the things that he says like make decision quick and change slowly right so what you say that really hits that home and um, I think in in many cases we're just too scared of you know what could have gone wrong but a lot of that is just in our head so that Absolutely. is such a great advice such a great advice yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, probably one of the one, one of my favorite sayings is that if you think you can or you think you can't you're right yeah that's uh that's <laughs> that is very true you know it's it's all about how you, how you believe in, in yourself uh, and your 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 belief um gonna drive everything well grant it's been a really nice conversation i love getting to know you i love getting to know your story and i love hearing all of your wisdom it's been amazing um you know just hearing all of this um things 
that um that you draw back from your experience and um hopefully um you know wiki hunters for who are listening to this podcast can draw that inspiration when they're not sure of which way to go because i think you're absolutely right you don't have to do this full time i think um you know it takes a lot of uh, a certain personality for people to enjoy full time but yeah it's it's like i've never met anyone who doesn't enjoy photography if they can do it right um i think that's, that's right interesting because it's, it's not like golf golf can frustrate the hell out of you you know yeah yeah <laughs> photography can to a certain degree if you know but i i think you, I've, I've, I've played golf and I, I get a lot more satisfaction out of photography than i do out of golf you know? yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah. more frustration out of golf than i do out of photography <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So for, um, you know, the audience who want to learn more about you, connect with you and, you know, want to see more of your work, what is the best way for them to, um, to connect with you? And um, guys, I will, you know, like always, always, I will always have that um, link in the description. So if you need to, um, you know, um, click on it or want to go to it, it's right there. Uh, but what is the best way to connect with you, Grant? Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, Grant Swin if you look for Grant Swinburne Photography, you'll, you, you should be able to find me. Uh, also, you know, you can, you can find my podcast, Landscape Photography World, anywhere where you get podcasts. Um, there's also a YouTube channel where that, uh, it's the Grant Swinburne Photography channel on YouTube where you can listen to episodes, see the teasers uh and and so forth so you know pretty much any uh any social media i don't do TikTok though so um because uh video really isn't my thing but um you know that's 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 me <laughs> fantastic well thanks a lot gran um you know it's it's been a great conversation um and um thank you for being here uh thank you very much for having me stanley it's been an absolute pleasure and i look forward to uh talking to you from the other side of the uh, the, the microphone uh, on, on landscape photography world at some point. Oh, that would be interesting. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to have that. Um, but yeah, um, it's been a really great conversation. I really enjoyed this podcast. So thank you for it, for the time that you've spared. Cheers, Stanley. Thanks very much, Matt. All right, weekenders. Well, thanks a lot for listening. And I'm glad that you tune in today. Um, you know, Grant has been, um, <clears throat> Grant's story has just been inspiring from when he started his uh, photography um, to like taking it seriously to where he is right now, um, pursuing it full time. I think it's it's one of the coolest journey um, I, I've, I've heard. And he said it himself, you know, all you have, all you need is that to believe in yourself, whether you can or not, it's really up to you. So I think that's such a really cool thing that he brought up at the end of this to wrap everything up. But if you haven't hit the subscribe button, do so um, so that you can hear next people and the next inspiring story, as well as their journey on how to um, you know, pursue not only photography full time, but if you only want to do it as a hobby, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, guests in my podcast that doesn't really do it full time. So um, hit that subscribe button and I'll see you guys next week. All right. Well, until next time, weekend hunters.